Hello, and you're very welcome to another edition of The Others, the Alan Kinsler podcast, where I look at small parties and groups and independents that have stood in Irish elections over the years. This week, it's uh, Altieri Nahesheri, a Irish language far-right party, fascist, that existed in Ireland. It started in 1942 and kind of petered out in the, you know, 1946 or so but actually kept on publishing their paper until the mid-70s, uh, at least. Really fascinating group in that they actually probably, they were the most successful of our far-right parties. Um, they had quite a few elected reps. They never got a TD, but I think they had 12 or 13 councillors um, elected at one stage. So were quite successful. There was a division within the party and then, of course, Clown the Public and everything came along as well and took a lot of the membership and a lot of the ideal, you know, idealised youth, I suppose, the younger people are, took a lot of uh, a lot of people disenchanted with the main parties away. Thanks for everything for the feedback uh, to support the Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash election lit. I'm at election lit on Twitter. Irish Political Ephemera on Facebook. You can co- get contact me at irishelectionliterature at gmail.com and irishelectionliterature.com is the website. So the party began in 1942. It's Canara, the leader, was a chap called Garo de Quinigon. Now, he had been involved in the Irish Friends of, uh, Friends of Germany, um, involved with the group called Crave Nahesri, which was, um, I, I suppose, and a part of the Irish language movement. And it was through Crave that, um, which, Crave, which was quite a popular movement, that he decided to um, found the political group and the party, Altieri Nahesri. So we get a report of the of the first meeting. New group wants a dictatorship. About 40 people attended a public meeting in 27 South Frederick Street, Dublin on Thursday night, when the policy of a new political group, Altieri Nahishiri, was explained by Garoldo Quinnigan, Canara of Crave Nahishiri, and proposed leader. There would be no room for debate in Altieri Nahishiri, he said, and the leader would be a supreme. Government would be by decree, and the National Assembly could only advise on or discuss decrees, but would have no power to to vote on them or alter them. The distinctive points in the programme are abolition of the Constitution together with with the parliamentary system and its substitution by a single authoritarian government, state control of finance and, and industry, compulsory military service, and formation of labour corps. Members of members of Alti members of Altieri Nahishri must pay a minimum subscription of five uh, shillings or five pence a year and wear a badge at all times. So you, immediately from the outset, you get an idea of what the party is for. Now, it says 27 people attended. And indeed, for the first while, a lot of, um, 
they weren't particularly successful in attracting people. Mainly, uh, unfortunately, that they found out was because they were doing, I gather that they were doing everything through Irish, uh, both the meetings, uh, its literature and so on. And they realised that they had to start um, producing things bilingually. And actually, once they started that, um, the movement uh, began to grow. You know, the, the, you know, people are looking back now and going, wow, well, Jesus, uh, you know, fascist movement growing or uh, fascist movement, you know, growing here. But you got to think of um, the war that not just the war, but 1920, you know, the, the country was 20 years old. Um, you look at the major things within the country that had been prominent, that some had seen as major issues. You had obviously emigration, still a massive, massive issue there, there, partition and the Irish language. And in effect, nothing had been done in those 20 years to stem those three uh, three big pillars of um, of the party. Um, and you also, they were very Catholic, very religious, and you know, a Catholic state as well. They wanted a Catholic, not that we didn't turn out to be a Catholic state, but an even more Catholic state than, um, than, than we had. Um, you know, it's a, but the idea of the North, you know, nothing had, partition was still there. There was no, uh, and the party had a plan to end partition, which we'll get to later. Um, and they were prolific in the material they produced. And might I also say, there's a great book called Architects of the Resurrection by um, R.M. Douglas, which uh, is on the party. Really, really great book. Uh, and it's, and it, the thing was that the, the party they tended to be ignored um, by when people were studying fascism in Europe and so on. They tended to be ignored mainly because everything was done through Irish and the material, a lot of the, the notes and everything uh, were done through Irish. And obviously European scholars and stuff didn't have, didn't have Irish. There's um, a documentary on YouTube called Moshanacher on Fjord Gaelic about uh, O'Quinnigan and the party. But O'Quinnigan always spoke Irish, to, even to his family. You know, there was reflections from the family and he always spoke Irish. So there were meetings held all around the country. And over time, Certainly, by the end of 1942, there were branches all over the country. They were especially popular in Louth, Cork, Dublin, um, Waterford, um, Tipperary. There was a branch in Bray and Monaghan, Coot Hill and Cavan, Cumberland and Dock, Longford, um, Mayo, Galway. Donegal, Sligo. So they were, they were in Limerick and Kerry. They were, they were nationwide. So it wasn't uh, a lot of the parties we've covered, you know, were kind of localised, where these, these were, were, were nationwide. 
This from 1943 gives an idea of the party's policies. Akara, Altiri Nahersheri, the new national organization evolved out of Crave Nahersheri, with, which within two years has succeeded in replacing apathy and indifference in the dormant language movement by keenness and enthusiasm and the will to work appeals to you for support. Altiri Nahashari is pledged to make Ireland free, Gaelic in, in its social and economic systems, the exemplary Christian state in our time. It is our objective to demonstrate that the answer to communism is not Nazism, not British imperialism, not pagan godless liberalism or camouflaged atheistic socialism, that the an answer is simply actualized Christianity. Although only a few months has elapsed since the movement was launched, it has already spread to every county in Ireland. Despite press misrepresentation and suppression, so greatly prevalent in 1943 in Christian Ireland, our meetings attract much larger and more attentive audiences than those of political parties. It is apparent that the people are definitely interested in Asheri and are looking for a national movement and national leadership which will rescue them and Ireland from the stranglehold of incompetent, corrupt party political organisations. Altarina Hichari is an all-out movement for the swift, vivid, final realisation in our day of the hopes and aspirations of our countless patriots down through the centuries since 1168. Funds are urgently, urgently required to enable our organisation to expand its activities rapidly and pursue an intensive educative propaganda campaign throughout the country. Subscriptions to be made should be made payable to Altri Nehishri checks, etc. to be crossed. All subscriptions will be officially acknowledged. This generation has a noble work and a great task to perform. Let us start now. We must build the ideal Christian Gaelic state whose light will shine in the darkness of the pagan world. We appeal to you to help us. Help Eshery free Ireland. Era Eshery. So it's uh, basically they want to create a Gaelic state, a Christian Gaelic state. So I'm just going to read it. The, the 1943 general election came along and it was going to be the first electoral, big electoral test for the party. I'm just going to read a, a leaflet from Ona Coglig uh, to the people of Drogheda. Ona Coglig, elected to the county council in 1942, has consistently fought for the full realisation of a Christian social and economic order in a free Gaelic 32-county Ireland. His exposure of the deplorable and unchristian-like conditions existing in the Drogheda District Hospital has not been without results, i.e. an increased nursing staff and the employment of regular attendants, plus a general all-round improvement. Nevertheless, the agitation must still go on, until, in the words of Owen O'Coglig himself, Drogheda has a new di district hospital installed with modern surgical equipment and theatrical accommodation, also a resident medical officer. His efforts to secure a new central dispensary were unsuccessful, owing to lack of support from within the council. Months prior to the introduction of the free footwear, he advocated such a scheme. 
At numerous council meetings protested against the inadequacy of the present scheme and the methods of distribution as people would need to be reduced to the state of utter pauperisation before benefiting from same. At all times was Ono Coglick available and willing to make representation on behalf of the people. To this fact the recipients of home assistance and hundreds of others of Drada's necessities poor can testify. If Ono Coglick and SRE are to continue to give service to you and to Ireland, then you must give your unsustained, unstinted support to Asri and vote for the Asri candidates. Asri has the solution, but to be put into operation, Asri needs your help. Vote Asri should be your aim and your inspiration. Youth demands its opportunity and makes this appeal to young and old alike to cast aside party political prejudices and to rally to the standard of the cross entwined with era, the symbol of freedom and Christianity, the emblem of young Ireland. So what's interesting there is, yes, they're a radical party. Yes, they're have, you know, ambitions to create this Christian state. But on a basic level, their elected representatives were doing the same as others. They were calling for certain things. They were um, acting on their constituents' behalf and so on. So it wasn't uh, as if they were, um, it wasn't as if they were, you know, they, they were not, uh, they were aloof, but that they're very much, um, they're, they're very much a, a part of the community and acting like other politicians. As I say, they produce lots of publication. One of them, Ashery says, um, I actually have it on the website. It's quite lengthy. But here's a, a leaflet from 43, giving their principal points, party's principal points of policy. For detailed thing. One, the preparation, promulgation and implementation of a new constitution for a Christmas Christian. One, the preparation promulgation and implementation of a new constitution for a Christian corporate state for 32 County Ireland based on the proclamation of the Provisional Government of the Republic 1916. This to include the realistic use of every modern weapon available, including mass passive resistance and intensified worldwide propaganda to end the crime of partition. Two, the fostering and strengthening of national morale through the restoration of the national language and the projection and preservation of our national culture. Antediluvian methods to be abandoned and effective modern means of language restoration to be employed, including the establishment of a nationally controlled film industry. Employment for all at home. Three, financial and credit control to be assumed realistically by the state with a view to the speeding up of economic development and the guaranteeing of work and a just income for all. Family allowances. Four, apart from the benefits necessarily flowing from the social contact, co-social control of credit and banking and corporative economic and political reorganisation, destitution, emigration and unemployment will be ended resolutely, finally, for all in Ireland by the Ashery plans for A. Erection of 100,000 dwelling houses B. Electrification and nationalisation of railways C. Construction of modernised road system 
National Drainage Scheme. E. Construction of 500,000 gross tonnage of merchant shipping and more productive vessels. F. Improvement and development of harbours, canals and lakes and provision of airports. G. Solution of fuel problem through planned turf development. And H. Exploitation of the national mineral wealth. 5. The rehabilitation of the agricultural industry on a remunerative cooperative basis and the raising and protection of the standard of living in rural Ireland. The nationalisation and re-establishment of the fishing industry as an important national industry. 6. The encouragement of the establishment and development of urban industries suited to our resources and needs subject to state control. A Christian family wage to be guaranteed to employees and profit sharing where feasible. 7. National military service for a short period, e.g. as in Finland, for all males with a view to providing adequate defence, strengthening national solidarity and assuring the achievement of complete national independence in our day. 8. Free education to be made available to all up to 16 and the educational policy generally to be given a vocational reorientation to meet the needs of the country thus to ensure that equal rights and opportunities will be guaranteed to all as foreshadowed in the proclamation of 1916. 9. The elimination of the controlling influence of foreigners and masons and the expropriation of ground landlords. Your duty to Ireland does not end with the casting of your vote. Serve Ireland always. Speak the language. Encourage others to speak the language. Help everything Irish and national and clean. It is the people not the parasitic politicians and place hunters who will make Ireland again a nation. Pray for world peace and Irish prosperity and independence. Asheri Abu, Asheri Inu. Vote number one, Ona Coglick. So you get, uh, and you can see the attraction of a lot of those policies. You know, the emigration, the, the free education. It's not, you know, they're not, um, they're so quite attractive, obviously, if you delve into it of a you know a one-party state and so on. But you can see how how these things would be attractive to people, especially if um, you know, with, with things not having worked out since the war of independence, you know, in 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 the state. In that nineteen forty-three election, uh, the party were attacked. You know the. <clears throat> they garnered, they got a lot of attention and they were attacked. For instance, this is a report of a Labour meeting, meetings in Waterford and in Garvin. In the course of Alderman O'Connor addressed, he referred to what he described as the new star which had appeared on the political firmament, rather a shooting star. I should say, which count comes in a blaze of light in a night sky, causes some excitement but rapidly descends below the horizon never to be heard of again. I refer to the party called Althiri Nahishri, which intends, for some reason best known to itself, to put up a candidate in this constituency. According to these men, you are to get a new Jerusalem, if only you will scrap your present system. If only the workers give up their trade union and their political party. If, you, if only you will throw over your democratic way of life. 
representative government and the right of the individual to freedom of thought and worship and the ability to have some voice in the conduct of its of affairs. Now, this is not a question which affects the Labour Party alone, because Alter and Ahishri does not tolerate rivals, whether they are Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil, Labour or any other party and any other party. They want the whole field to themselves now and forever. All this talk of Jews and Masons is but a smokescreen to snare and delude the people. In conclusion, Alderman O'Connor asked, would Eshery tell them where they got their money and who the powers behind them and who were the powers behind the throne? So it was, uh, you can see, you can see relative attack, obviously, if you want a one party system and everything. If you also get the gist, this is 1943 in the war, and there's obviously the party have uh, are anti-Jewish, um, anti-Mason and so on, but also they're asking who's backing the party. And of course, the answer, you know, the, mentally you're saying Germany or the Axis powers are, 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 are backing this party. And so you throw there were all sorts of questions about them thrown off. And indeed, it's funny under underneath that there's a report of a, a meeting at the conclusion of an Ashery meeting when the national anthem was being played. A man who failed to remove his hat was commanded by several voices. Take off your hat before he had time to do so. However, he was struck by members of the crowd and retaliated. In the ensuing tussle, his hat was pulled off. The guardie present handled the situation calmly and the incident passed off without further disturbance. And the Labour meeting concluded shortly afterwards peacefully. So you can see they're trying to, well, not trying, they are, um, you know, putting, showing the party in a bad light. That said, their meetings were getting uh, a lot of attention, a lot of crowds. Um, Shauna Duvall, uh, Asheri candidate for Cork City, addressed a big meeting at Dawn Square on Saturday night. Other, the speakers received a very attentive hearing, emphasised the need for national unity as the first essential preliminary for the economic and social reorganisation of the country. Only in a Christian corporate state could all the aspirations of the Irish people be fulfilled. Fianna Fáil election propaganda was characterised as mean and shabby attempt to terrorise the electorate. The party also had an interesting election slogan, sack all the politicians. Um, and so you sack all the politicians for national government and national action and Christianised democracy. Support Altieri Nehesheri. Ishri means unity, and unity denotes strength. Give you to its just opportunity. Ashri is action. Ashri is sincerity. Ashri means a Christian social and economic order in a free Gaelic 32 county Ireland today. Ashri Abu, Ashri Inu. So it's just a sack all politicians. It's just an interesting slogan. But you can see it's the anti establishment trying to attract the anti establishment vote. A report of Garo de Cunigan's, uh, one of his speeches during a large meeting during the campaign. 
The Irish people, he said, were tired of talk. They wanted action, and Ayrshire stood for action. No talk, however eloquent, would drive the British forces out of the North East Ireland. The political parties had failed. For 20 years, the party political politicians had failed Ireland. Ashery made no bones about it. They would smash the rotten party system and would found in its stead the corporate state. There would be no talk needed about the recognition of the Republic. The Republic would be a living reality. The jails of Northern Ireland were full. There were also jails in the Curragh and Maryborough and Irishmen were rotting in the prisons of England. But the Masons went free and the Jew went free and the man who boasted that, that he was a friend of Churchill went free, but the friend of Churchill was the enemy of Ireland. The doctrine of Ashery was sweeping the country, from Belfast to Bantry Bay and from Dublin to Galway Bay. They had appeals for speakers and for pamphlets and Ashery would not fail, but would go on, to, on until they had smashed every vestige of British power in Ireland. They must realise the supreme importance of the national language. Without the language, they could never be a nation. Only when Ireland was Irish-speaking would she be a nation. Would, would the ideals of Pierce and McSweeney be reached? And would the inspiration of Easter week be realised? You can imagine the, the crowd and listening to that and the, you get the message from the party. And to add to the... Of sort of mystery, or you know, the radicalized nature of the party. They had uh, had attended, addressed a rally in Belfast and been arrested by the police up there and detained. And of course, that had made the headline. So, you know, he was he, he actually he was a Belfast native anyway, but it was he was up there and he was talking, he was speaking. He wasn't, um, he they weren't just down south, they were active in the north as well. So, that 43 election came and they had four candidates. Thomas O'Doherty, um, who was actually Cahill Brewer's nephew, ran in Watford, and he got 943 votes. O'Quinnigan himself ran in Dublin North West and got 607 votes. Sean O'Devoyle ran in Corkborough, got 1,019 votes, and Owen O'Coiglig got 585 votes in Loud. So, obviously nowhere near winning a seat, but... Um, you know, something to build on uh, as well. As well as uh, Ashery says, um, one of the bigger pamphlets, one of the bigger, these are actually books, was uh, Partition, a Positive Policy. And you, you it kind of outlined their plan uh, to end partition. Uh, their, their plan, obviously I'm not going to read it, a hundred page document out but just what their their plan for against partition was what with the connivance of our feeble-hearted professional party politicians has been camouflaged by whitehall as the irish border problem is simply the old problem of the continued military occupation and subjugation of ireland by england it is a cardinal principle of english foreign policy that Ireland must be kept weak, incapable of initiative in foreign affairs, politically, commercially, even culturally. No other body but our own peculiar narrative, native brand of self-seeking politicians would propose to build up Irish prosperity on the basis of a partitioned, occupied nation. Emigration, mass unemployment, bad housing, malnutrition, etc. All symptoms of exploitation, however cleverly camouflaged, can only end when British occupation ends. 
and not then either until unless we plan resolutely a vocationally organized state in accordance with our Christian and Gaelic traditions. The parasitic politicians give occasional lip service to the ideal of a united Ireland. Asheri alone has a plan to end partition today. So the party's plan to end partition. So point one of their plan was propaganda. An intensified, coordinated, worldwide propaganda campaign. Full use of radio, press, cinema. Frequent demonstrations throughout the world wherever Irishmen habitate. A national partition day of prayer and mourning when every Irishman will wear an appropriate emblem. Articles, pamphlets, books, propaganda include the political education of the doped, duped, misled non-Catholics of the Northeast. They had stuffed them in 98. A couple of hundred thousand of these won over and there is a majority against partition in the North Northeast itself. But we must offer the oppressed northern worker also the inducement of the realistically Christian social and economic justice planned for the new Ireland by Hashery. Propaganda also makes it, also to make it clear to the English people that there is no real danger to England's best interests in a free, contented, united Ireland, having a Christian social and economic and political orientation. All this work to be generously financed by the state. Two, passive resistance. The implementation of the great, to the greatest extent possible in the Northeast Ulster of Sinn Féin policy of non-recognition in any respect of the usurped British authority, including non-payment of taxes, boycott of everything British. This to receive strong encouragement and financial support from the South. Eventually, inevitably, their machinery of government in the Northeast must break down. Three, physical force. It is the lesson of history that we can never talk, in, talk England out of Ireland. Pressure, economic, propagandist, moral force. Yes, but physical also, or it's possibility. But properly organised and disciplined. Train every man, muster all our strength. Four, prayer. The most effective weapon of all. Archery believes in trust in God, but we must do our bit also. Little Finland, with a population of 3 million, solved her partition problems in two years. Our party politicians couldn't solve it in 22 years. Asher Yabu, Asher Yu Inu. Representatives, number five, of six counties will sit in the National Council of 100 members, which is the legislative assembly envisaged in the new Ireland of Asher This even before the de facto unification of our country has been realised. 6. A Provincial Council. The Ashery plan for the future Ireland also provides for provincial assemblies elected triennially to replace the FET-imposed corrupt uneconomic county councils. Thus the province of Ulster will enjoy a certain amount of autonomy, but it will be historical Ulster of nine counties. Garolda Quinnigan, Chianara, Alterine Heishery will not take a seat in Leinster House as a, it is at present constituted. Only in the truly national council envisaged by Alterina Hirschri, in this way, inter alia, the organisation will be safeguarded against developing a 26th county as distinct from a 32 county Ireland complex. Eresair, Gaelach, Christul, Cusborn, Nahashri. So that's their plan for partition. The, the, one of the things of the party was its 
they were brilliant at publicity. Um, like for instance, they they had signs up on the border. Ashery, Northern Ireland, British Customs Hut. It's up to you to pull it down. You know, the signs, you know, pointing to things like that. In the late 40s, there was a big overnight poster campaign. And uh, it was just posters all over Dublin and, and in other parts of the country. Just arm now, take the north. But they also used parts of the north, northeast, the Grave of Ireland's natural apostle, St. Patrick and County Down was in the northeast and really you know if St Patrick is buried there we have to have him after that 1943 election the party grew and grew further the party had a try you know a lot of its membership were um disaffected youth and I was saying at the start <coughs> that you know the major issues immigration um the north the Irish language um, Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and so on hadn't been shown great imagination or done much um, since then. In, in the, as just more of their material. During World War number one, to, in the great general election of 19, you repla 1918, you replaced the corrupt party politicians of the period the Westminster Redmondites by the members of the virile, uncompromising national organisation. The Home Rulers had become a mere offshoot of the great English Liberal Party. You did not replace them to, with by another set of self-seeking professional parasitic politicians by a third-rate offshoot of the great English Labour Party. In an unfree parti partitioned Ireland, there was only room for one national organisation, in 1918 Sinn Féin, in 1944, Altheory and Heishri. Harmony, not unchristian strife and discord. The papal encyclicals advocate not merely the social control of credit and banking, which in part and parcel of the programme of Heishri, but also, and strongly, the vocational organisation of modern society and the cessation of class strife. Altheory and Heishri is the only organisation with the courage and vision enough to put the policy before the Irish people today. Tinkering will not solve our many grave national problems. A number of points of Asherie policy are frankly revolutionary. The deputies of Asherie will use Leinster House precisely as Parnell used Westminster to vigorously in, in season and out of season demand political, social and economic justice for the whole Irish people and to expose political corruption. Garotha Quinnigan, Kianara Alziri Nehishri will only take his seat in the, the legislative assembly of a free, unfettered Ireland. Ashri primarily works for the restoration of our national morale, of the unity and discipline of the five glorious years from 1916 to 1921, with a more positive Christian attitude on social and economic questions, independence, peace, plenty and prosperity will follow. The rest of the national morale and self-confidence on a Christian basis. Help to make Ireland custodian of Christian civilization. In 6th and 7th century Europe, a beacon light of Christian inspiration for all the distraught, disillusioned people of the post-war world, post world. 
professional politicians all. The socialists say they'll break the connection with the Bank of England if returned to power. They'll solve every problem by that. But will they do it? Performance is the asset test for the party politician. How often does he fail? Why don't they break the English connection of a big number of trade unions today with their head offices in London and bank accounts in Manchester, Sheffield, etc.? The responsibility for this scandalous state of affairs is not that of the ordinary patriots, trade unions. Labour condemns Fianna Fáil's central bank bill, which was a camouflage measure. Nevertheless, we find that Labour representative has accepted an appointment as director of the new sham bank, which preserves Bank of England control in matters of vital economic interest in Irish people with a salary of £500 per annum. Save Ireland from all the party politicians. Be patriotic. Vote Asheree. Asheree means a Christian social and economic order in a free Gaelic Ireland today. Nothing else, nothing less. Asheree means unity. And unity denotes strength. Give youth its just opportunity. National solidarity, national government, national action, actually vested interests. Heretofore, even well-meaning public men in Ireland have been intimidated by the concealed power of vested interests. Actually, will destroy the influence of the vested interests before the vested interests have an opportunity of destroying Ashery. Salazar in his Christian, corporative, neutral state of Portugal has solved unemployment, emigration, destroying the first instance, the power of the corrupt party politicians. The politicians are the tools of the vested interests. His salary for doing all is £500 per annum, where Irish ministers demand a pension of £500 per annum when they are ejected by the people as unfit to do anything. Ashri Abu, Ashri Indu. So you get an idea, you know, the, the anti-politics, this vested interest, this corruption. And you can see the appeal, like, you know, the, the wartime Ireland was a very grim place for many people. The theme continued in the 1944 election. Um, Altieri history. Waterford constituency, transport yourselves from political party corruption to national idealism by voting number one Liam Brannock. As in 1916, so in 1944. In that 1944 um, can, can, um, general election, um, the party uh, fielded six candidates, Ona and Loud polled 795 votes, an increase from 1943. Sean O'Dovoyle and Cork Borough polled 674 votes, which was a reduction. Um, Oshin O'Johnigan in Dublin County polled 607. Garo de Cunigan in Dublin Northwest polled 705 votes, an increase from his last time out. Joseph O'Kelly in Roscommon polled 1,217 votes, and Liam Walsh, or Liam Brannock, uh, polled 739 votes in Waterford. You know, again, slight increase, but not enough to win a seat or be in contention anywhere. But still, they were, you know, they weren't, you know, they weren't getting 20 or 30 votes or 100 or whatever. They were all getting, they were getting a good, decent vote, um, 
without obviously threatening to take a seat. The 1945 local elections were actually probably a high point electorally for the party. A bit of success. Um, <clears throat> and, it, you know, it's kind of funny if you think about it. They were a fascist party and at the same time, you know, censorship had, uh, you know, censorship had dropped. Um, there was newsreels showing what had happened in the war, you know, the concentration camps. Um, all that type of stuff, and real the the what actually what the Nazis actually were doing. So the idea, so the people, in fact, people knew what they were voting for. So it's kind of a surprise, in fact, that they did so well, considering the climate and the news coming out of um, Germany and Poland and all all the rest of these concentration camps and 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 the the evil done by the, the Nazis um, in, in Germany. It, it, was, it was just a surprise that they managed to get candidates around the place. Actually, some, everybody had to go to get approval of a Quinnagon. Some didn't get approval, some did. And, and they ended up contested 31 seats involving 16 low-skill authorities and they won nine. Gain, gaining a total of more than 11,000 first preferences. Ona Koglig was returned for both Loud County Council and Drogheda Corporation, topping the poll in both counts. He was joined in Drogheda Corporation by Thomas O'Murigan. Sean O'Duvoil was a successful in cor corporation race. His Wexford namesake was elected to New Rosk UDC. Tomás de Stockdall gained a seat on the Cove Town Council. A further three Ayrshire candidates, Quivine McCarthy, Tyg O'Condoon, and Conquivar uh, O'Moitigan were returned unopposed to Bandon Town Council. The party had at least two more successes within its grasp. In Limerick, where the local organisation had put forward a pair of energetic and articulate candidates, Michal Brianach O'Kelly, a well known local solicitor, obtained a high number of first preferences. Um, and failed by just 35 votes to take the last seat from a Fianna Fáil opponent. Elsewhere, um, they narrowly missed out on a seat in Thurlis, and actually um, the chap who uh, had been vetoed by Aquinagon um, topped the poll. But they didn't do well in Dublin, um, they did poorly in Roscommon and Waterford and Dungarvan and Middleton. So it basically, of the seats, um, only you know, Loud was the only ones one one outside Monster. Yes, it was a success because they actually won seats. So here they were about to, you know, they were at their, um, I suppose their height. But things came to a head within the party in nineteen forty-five. Just reading a passage from Architects of the Resurrection. For a very large proportion of SRE's activists, however, including virtually the whole of Cork City and county organisations, probably a narrow majority of their counterparts in Dublin and the national organiser and de facto second in the band, Tomás O'Doherty, the June 1945 poll constituted the final straw so far as the Cianariath was concerned. The election had indeed proved that Irish voters were responsive to the SRE message and that a significant measure of electoral success was within reach. 
It had also, in the view of an increasing number of the movement's most important figures, demonstrated beyond dispute that that potential could never be realised so long as Gerald O'Quinnigan remained as leader. O'Quinnigan's conduct during that 1945 election campaign itself served as a final confirmation to the dissidents that he had become a liability to the movement. In the view of authority and a growing number of like-minded activists, Ashery could make real progress only if it built bridges to powerful individuals and institutions. Alone, it was too small, under-resourced and tainted by what by 1945 had become a damaging reputation for irresponsibility and immaturity to have a prospect of gaining power. Odartig and others were, were convinced, however, that there were a large number of respectable citizens of all parties who, while not subscribing to the entirety of their Asari philosophy, were sympathetic to its broader aims and anxious to break the logjam obstructing the progress of Irish nationalism. So there was a leadership challenge against O'Quinnigan and O'Quinnigan won. Those who were against O'Quinnigan ended up leaving the party. Many of them, people who'd been active in it since the start, um, so it left it bereft of some of its most active and obviously some of its most, you know, active and intelligent people. Literally all the cork was gone. Um, there were, you know, a lot of a lot of areas now had no representatives uh, or branches, the, the branches left. And those people, some went into other political activity, but most of them left politics. But it was a big blow to the party to lose so many people and not just lose so many members but also active and um, active members at the very time when they should have been uh, moving onwards but you also had coming roughly the same time at Clown Republica so a lot of the young ideal voters kind of switched to um, sick of the system and everything and um, switched to the Clown Republica as the new new exciting thing um so it lost a lot of support and in 1948 in the general election it stood just one candidate uh william hardigan in sligo leitrim um who polled just 323 votes so politically as a political party and representative party they faded out however they had a paper called a herzary which was still printed up until the 1976, I think. I have a few copies of it, and it, it's just basically a newspaper. It's, it's um, yes, there's some outlandish things in it, but it just reports stuff. It's uh, they knew how to the fact that it kept going for so long meant it must have been profitable in some way. As a serious political party, they were finished by the late 40s. You know, the, the, the idea that they got popular, they had a lot of membership, and they were still capable, as I said, of, of stunts like the, the arm now take the north and other things to gain attention. Um, but they, they were quite effective at propaganda. But as, as I say, if you're interested in them, I'd, I'd recommend um, Douglas's Architects of the Resurrection. There's so much more to them, and obviously I, I've only a certain amount of time uh, to discuss them. So thanks very much for listening. 
you want to support the Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash electionist. And thank you.